Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. In this gospel, Jesus is trying to convey to Peter the just the, I mean, and the other apostles, the breadth and depth, the power of forgiveness. But this is not just a, uh, just an interesting theological speculative conversation that they're having. Like, it's significant that it's Peter who asks this question, right? Like, I, and I really don't think that Peter really absorbed the answer. I, I just picture Peter standing there listening, listening to this long parable that Jesus gives, nodding his head. Yeah, okay, yeah, wow, 77 times. That seems that seems awfully generous. Wow. I was thinking seven times was going to be enough, but no, 77 times. This whole business of forgiveness and how much forgiveness ought to be extended to a brother. All right, so he hears Jesus tell this parable about this guy who incurred this debt that nobody in a thousand lifetimes could repay. He hears it, but he doesn't yet get it. He doesn't get it because he hadn't yet incurred a debt that he couldn't pay. So, fast forward towards the end of this story. At the end of John's Gospel, there's a scene that, um, in, in my heart, it's one of my favorite scenes in all the Gospels. The whole encounter that Jesus has with his disciples after the resurrection on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. Jesus has risen from the dead. He goes to the shores of the sea, and he's waiting for his friends to pass by on their boat, right? Because earlier that morning, Peter... Peter, who at this point in his story, Peter is dying inside, crippled by guilt, crippled by shame, being eaten alive because he knows, he knows what he did to betray the Lord, and he knows that no one else around him knows, and he knows the only one who does know is Jesus, and him and Jesus haven't had, they haven't had, yet had this conversation. And I'm sure Peter is thinking he's lost his call, he's lost his election, he's lost his place, he's lost his place in the Lord's heart that he's no longer going to get to be the rock, and he decides that he's going fishing. I'm convinced that he decided to, to go fishing because he wanted to see if he still had it. Right? He was a fisherman by trade, but it had been a long time since he had been out on the water throwing those nets. And I'm sure he's thinking, well, you know, I'm probably going to get kicked out of this group soon, and I'm going to have to figure out how to make my way, and I wonder if I can still fish. So he goes fishing. He goes fishing. And it's John, as they're going by, it's John the Beloved, John who spots Jesus on the shore. It's John who says, it's the Lord. Peter jumps in, swims the shore, drags the net behind him, meets Jesus there at a charcoal fire. And Peter is suddenly reminded of the charcoal fire in the high priest's courtyard that he was warming himself around when he betrayed the Lord, said, I swear to you, I do not know the man. Of course, Jesus makes a charcoal fire to bring that memory back for Peter. And he says, come have breakfast, which is just astounding. Like, if you were the risen Lord, if I was the risen Lord, honestly, the first thing I would do would, would probably not be breakfast. I'd be, I'd be in Pilate's house. I'd be showing up in Caiaphas's, like, bowl of porridge or something. Like, remember me, right? Anyway, but come have breakfast. Come have breakfast. And then he says, Simon, let's go for a walk. And Simon's thinking, Simon Peter's thinking, here it comes, right? And Jesus says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter's thinking... Man, he hasn't called me Simon in years. And he's thinking, yeah, there it is. I've lost it. I've lost it. I'm no longer the man that you thought I was or that you called me to be. 
He says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus responds, feed my lambs, tend my sheep. It goes back and forth those three times, three times to undo the three betrayals, the three denials. Right, Simon, the rock, who was absolutely pulverized, smashed to smithereens by this crushing failure, his guilt, his shame, incurring a debt that he could not repay, is glued back together glued back together by Jesus' mercy. Like Jesus turns him back into the rock. He turns him back into Peter. He reinstates him. And I wonder if in that moment, if Peter had like a flashback, if he remembered this conversation, this parable that we hear in the gospel today, if he heard in his heart again those words that Jesus said, a king decided to settle accounts with his servants. And if it all just came crashing back, and Peter's thinking, remember when I thought seven times was sufficient? And remember when I thought it was ridiculous when Jesus said 77 times? In other words, a Hebraic way of saying perfect forgiveness. I just imagine that's when the tears just started flowing, and they probably never stopped. They probably never stopped. You know, I just keep thinking back to Father Ryan's mission. You know, we can know Jesus' forgiveness and mercy but do we know Jesus' forgiveness and mercy? Like Peter, hearing it, he, he knows Jesus' forgiveness and mercy. But it's only after, it's only after this experience does he come to know it. Right? Does he come to know it? It's when we let Jesus talk to us about like that thing or those things that we are most scared of bringing up or we're most scared of him shining his light on whether it's in prayer or in confession, right? And then instead of receiving this harsh rebuke, our hearts are convinced is coming. Like Peter was convinced, you know, the question should have been not Simon, son of John, do you love me? But Simon, where were you? Simon, do you remember when you said, I would die for you, Lord, right? He was convinced that the rebuke was coming, but instead it was the mercy. Like we may know it up here, but it's when we, when we experience Jesus' look of love and mercy with all of our worst things on display, that's when, that's when we know it in here, that kindness, that tenderness, that mercy. Unbelievable, his forgiveness. Again, let's just have our hearts open to Jesus who comes to us with that rush of mercy and goodness and forgiveness. Amen.